Hello and thanks for joining us once again here on India on 99.9 for the home of Cricket Audio. I'm Nikesh Shrugani, journalist, broadcaster, commentator in the UK and Sarah Waris, my co-host, journalist for Wisden in India. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Uh, we're going to be here several times a week, as always, discussing everything uh, relating to Team India, whether that be the men's side, the women's side, anything really to, to do with Indian cricket. And you can find us on your usual podcast app via YouTube and on our very own app, 99.94. So go and download that if you haven't already. Sarah, it's, it's uh, good to see you again. It's It's been a, a strange 24 hours or so here yeah. in England and in the UK and, and around the world in uh, you know across the Commonwealth as well with with the passing sadly of uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth the second um, happened last night as we're recording this uh, episode um, on Friday afternoon and uh, it's been less than 24 hours since the news was confirmed um, obviously, the the nation is in mourning at the moment. Um, sport, as you would have seen, has taken a hit as well. Of course, the England South Africa Test match wasn't able to get underway um, on the first day because of rain initially, and then day two has been postponed uh, just as, as a mark of respect. Really, there's been football called off today on Friday as well, and, and we've just heard actually that all of the weekend's Premier League football matches will also be postponed um, and that puts into doubt the the rest of the test match, obviously England, but also India's women due to start their series against England on Saturday in Durham, the T20 series. So uh, we'll, we'll try and keep across things and see what the ECB decide. Uh, we're expecting a decision at some point later on today. Um, the, the thought process is, from what I'm hearing, is that there very much is a, a a sort of drive to make this happen and just do it with a mark of respect to the Queen and the Royal Family. So, you know, play the national anthem, maybe have a minute's silence and wear black armbands and those sorts of things. Um, firstly, just staying on the subject of the Queen, obviously, you know, head of the Commonwealth, India being a Commonwealth country and all those links uh, to Britain, good and bad over centuries. Um, how, how has the news gone down in India, first and foremost? Yeah. Yesterday, Virat Kohli got his 100. And just moments after that, the Queen passed away. Yeah, there is a sense of mourning. Even the Prime Minister has sent in his condolences. There is a, um, the Ministry of Affairs, they've declared a day of mourning on 11th uh, September, which is Sunday. Uh, the flag will be hoisted at half-mast. So, yeah, there is a sense of mourning all over the country. Um, and she had a, a lot of links to cricket, in yeah. fact, because when her father, King George VI, passed away after a, a battle with uh, lung cancer and, and the illness that he had, she was in Kenya at the time uh, on a tour of Kenya. She was on safari at the time she found out. And England's cricketers were over in India in 1952, this was, and they were playing the test match in Chennai. It was day one of that particular test match. And that's when the news broke that the king has died and Queen Elizabeth is the new monarch. And day two was postponed of that test match. And, and India actually went on. They, they usually had a rest day in between uh, the, the test matches there anyway, somewhere in the middle. So that was effectively then the rest day, the second day. But it was pushed forward to as, as a mark of respect and the passing of the king. 
And that was India's first test victory as well. So, you know, Queen Elizabeth, obviously as sad as it was with King George passing away at that time, I'm sure. Queen Elizabeth, a good omen for for Indian cricket, their first ever test victory, 24th attempt uh, it was for them. Uh, Vijay Hazare's side doing the business over England. And, um, you know, she's she then met the Indian players who toured England in 1952 as well uh, during the test match at Lord's, shook hands with all of the players and uh, some great images uh, of that on social media as well. So if you haven't seen them, uh, do go and check them out. And, um, you know, frequently, it wasn't her favourite sport cricket, but she frequently attended cricket, particularly at Lord's where Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, who passed away last year, was an MCC member. So there was that, there was always that constant link to cricket. And obviously being head of the Commonwealth, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, she was the queen of Ceylon, as it was known then, Sri Lanka, from 1952 to 1972. So she was their monarch, uh, effectively, uh, before Sri Lanka became a republic as well. So lots of links to South Asia and cricket as well. And and obviously we, you know, send all our thoughts out to, to all those affected, the royal family and, uh, will keep us keep her in our thoughts. So we don't know, Sarah, if that series is going to go ahead, the uh, England-India T20 series. Well, the series will go ahead, but in terms of the first match, will it be postponed? Will it be pushed back a couple of days? We just don't know at this stage. But as it is, we've got to assume that things will go ahead. Due to take place in Durham, India, of course, Commonwealth Games, again, you know, the, the link with the Royal Family and the Queen, Commonwealth yeah. Games, silver medalists, England medal less and and they were getting a lot of stick England because um, it wasn't just the women's cricketers but the cricketers got a lot of stick in particular because all of the athletes who were taking part for England in the Commonwealth Games had a a medal pocket stitched into their blazers and at the opening ceremony a lot of you know the Aussies and other countries were saying hang on a minute that's a bit presumptuous you know just assuming you're going to get a medal they didn't get a medal in the end they were beaten by India in the, um, the the semi-final and then lost to New Zealand in the bronze medal playoff as well. So India on a bit of a high in T20 cricket at the moment, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, this series is just... Uh, yeah, they've done well overall in the past. Uh, they've done very well against most countries but somehow they have struggled against England like except this uh, uh, win in the Commonwealth Games they have struggled a bit against England in world events Uh, so it would be interesting to see you know how India go ahead from here Uh, probably you know with the women's IPL coming up next year is just sort of a build-up there are so many uh, holes for India to fill. But then with uh, them doing so well in the recent Commonwealth Games and, you know, with you are anticipating the women's IPL next year. So it's just, you know, just exciting times ahead, I would say. And I hope India can, you know, get off the choker stack off their backs and do well. They've lost lost the last two T20I series against England. They've lost the ODI series last year against England. They've not really uh, had the best run against England. Probably you can say they've done better against the Australians who are uh, number one, undoubtedly number one. So, uh, yeah, there's so much to improve on. But yeah, as I said, you know, that growth is there. And with the women's IPL next year, it's just very exciting times in women's cricket. 
Yeah, indeed. And and this is very much Harman Preet Kaur's India side now. Yeah. I, I know she was already doing the T20 duties uh, for some time, but just to be the captain, she's now the Indian women's captain. There's no Mithali Raj coming in for ODIs and, and test mm-hmm. matches. So this is very much her group of players. They all look up to her. She's their leader. Smriti Mandana, obviously, is the vice captain um, as well at the moment and, and two world-class players in their own right as well. But what they are building now, and you, we talk about the chokers tag, if you look at the last two major T20 global tournaments, they've only really choked to Australia and Australia. Mm-hmm. This, this Australian side, in all cricket, forget women's cricket, in all cricket, it's one of the greatest sides of all time. And it has been for, for a few years mm-hmm. now. And of course, England had that little period where, you know, they've come in and dominated for very small periods. There was 09 when they won the double World Cups, the ODI and the T20s. Then it was all Australia again. Then, you know, England were always up there as well. And then England won the 2017 ODI World Cup. Uh, India obviously knocking out the Aussies in the semi-final. And that, that was a hell of an Aussie side as well anyway. But now they've, they're creating this dynasty, the Australians. So to lose to them in the last two major T20 global finals, the World Cup and the Commonwealth Games is, you know, they, they can still be very proud of the way they've played in these big tournaments, can't they? And yeah, we talk about bilaterals and needing to right a few wrongs, I suppose, against England in these bilateral series. But they're in a position now where they've got the experience on the big stage. They've got several world-class players. They're still lacking a little bit in certain departments. But with you know Smithy up at the top, Shafali Verma, Harman Kaur with the bat, there's three potential world-class players anyway. You've got Dipti Sharma, who does a very good job in the middle order, not necessarily with the bat in T20s, but with the ball. She can come in and do a job if there's a crisis management situation that needs to be taken care of with the bat as well. And, and with the ball as well, you know, it's it's so good to see that since Julian Goswami has stepped away from T20s and soon to step away from ODIs as well, that the void is starting to be filled. It's, it's, it's probably never going to be filled to that extent. She's an absolute legend. But, you know, there, there are good signs for India going forward. And, and it's probably, I would say, only Australia above them at the moment in T20 cricket in the world. Where, where do you stand on that? You still think it's Australia and England at the top of the tree? No, uh, so um, like we had spoken earlier after the Commonwealth Games finals, uh, that this Indian team they have a lot of holes to fill. They have a lot of you know areas which they are not the best at, and despite that, you know they've constantly uh, been entering the finals, the semi-finals of world events, uh, except the 50-over World Cup this year. It was a one-off. Uh, but other, other than that, they've been, you know, consistent, consistently reaching the top four, the top two, which is brilliant to see. They're not yet the best in so many departments. I was just looking at some stats. Uh, the pace bowling department, which you said, uh, after Julan's uh, exit in T20I, she last played a T20I in 2018. Uh, in this period, India have played around 50, 53 games, taken to 99 wickets at an average of 21. But the Pacers, they've not really done that well. They've 
just picked up uh, over six, 68 wickets so you know majority of those wickets have come to spin um and only two bowlers two bowlers have bowled more than 80 overs which is shikha pande and arundhati reddy um the rest uh, the likes of renuka thakur pujawasrakar meghna singh they've been playing games here and there so the pace bowling department is not really um sort out like but despite that they've been doing so yeah. well so, yeah so but the way like the, if if yeah. you're going by just very recent times and yeah. in these conditions in england yeah. renuka singh thakur had a yeah, fantastic yeah. commonwealth games didn't she there was only yeah. one game where she was slightly off the boil apart from that did a really sort of julan goswami type job really yeah. in those games that she played so uh, i think that that's a good sign for them going into this yeah. t20i series but you're right obviously look the pace bowling's never been their biggest strength it's mm-hmm. just been julan goswami for so many years and very little backup from anybody else there's the old bowler who comes in from time to time and does a decent job but nobody anywhere near her consistency and you know she she's the greatest of all time mm-hmm. certainly from india one of the greatest in the world her stats are brilliant her performances have been brilliant she turns up on the biggest stage but she's not there anymore and, and they have to move on and you're right despite the fact that they've got a lot of holes in that uh, setup particularly in t20is they they just seem to mm. keep churning out the results and you know coming together as a team the, the spirit seems really good let's talk about the specifics then with bat and ball i mentioned those three batters at the top there smriti shafali and harman breet there's not much backup first and foremost in that i mean jemmy rodriguez is there and hopefully she's fit for this series but if she's not fit then you've kind of feel that there's even if she is fit that's four you probably need a good solid six in your batting lineup in this format and they just haven't quite got that depth in the batting but those those top four on their day brilliant and and jemmy's done it time and time again in the 100 in england as well and was starting to really show some maturity in the commonwealth games i felt coming in at number 3 and just playing that role beautifully almost like you know virat kohli and we will talk about virat kohli by the way if you're listening and thinking why they're not talking about kohli's 100 we will but we're focusing on the women for now and and jemmy was was playing that role beautifully at number 3 first and foremost how big a miss will it be if she's not in the t20i series if she's not fit she pulled out of the 100 of course with her injury we don't know if she'll be fit for the uh, T20 series against England we we're not been told anything typical bcci just you know who who knows what the situation is but she's in the squad if she's not fit how big a miss will she be and regardless of her fitness how big a problem is it that india don't really have that solid middle order coming in at 5 and 6 yeah jemima she's uh... or oh, she's always been there in tough situations she scored the tough runs i know um i don't understand why the bcci selectors have not given her an extended run she's so talented in 50 over world cup she was omitted uh but she's always been uh, there amongst the runs in tough situations she's very young but you can always count on her she's done well in leagues all over the world even in the 100 um before she was injured she played a couple of very handy knocks uh so yeah obviously it will be a big ma- miss and that really uh, changes the batting order too because now uh, with um, jemma 3 at least 
um india had a solid top 4 uh, but now with jemma not there uh, who bats at number 3 will it be meghna uh, s meghna uh, she didn't get a chance in the commonwealth games uh, but whenever she's played you no know, she's been aggressive she's been that shafali verma type of an aggressor at the top uh, but is she suited to number 3 or you know she's opened for majority majority she's open so uh, i don't think india will medal with the top order with the openers so probably she comes in at number 3 and then harman preet at 4 to kind of bring that experience in and i'm very excited to see kiran navgare uh, navgare in the side uh, in this recent women's ipl the short version whatever you want to call it uh, she played one innings at that you know just uh, took everyone like okay she's here to stay she's done well in domestic cricket that's why uh, you know she was uh, picked in this t- uh, women's world cup which um, uh, women's uh, ipl which was this year so i'm very excited to say uh, to see how she goes probably she'll be number 5 or number 6 so you know with her in the side india can possibly have that firepower which they've lacked over these last few uh, years so very excited to see especially how she goes and the wicket keeping position is interesting mm-hmm. isn't it because <laughs> india india's women's side across formats is mm-hmm. very old school in that regard in in that they play a specialist wicket keeper right it's one of the mm-hmm. two batters usually uh, dania batia is seems to be the one in in kind of possession at the moment richa gosh is the second wicketkeeper now in the t20 squad to face england is that a better option just in terms of with the bat because you can't just surely you can't just be a wicketkeeper now and and bat down at number 10 or something you, yeah. those days are long long gone i mean even back in the old days it was you know you'd have a wicketkeeper still coming in at 7 or 8 and they might be not that good but they'd be better than all of your tail enders it's not the case with the indian and the women's t20i side in recent times with dania batia just coming in so low down the order it's it's yeah. got to be time to to just find somebody who can do a decent enough job behind the stumps and and more than a decent you know be be a solid international wicketkeeper but you need runs as well don't you from your wicketkeeper because at the end of the day they're an all-rounder and if then if you're not picking an all-rounder in that role who can bat as well then you're wasting a position in your batting lineup essentially yeah and um, the game has changed so much there's no space for uh, one player with just who can fulfill just one role anymore in either format i would say so richa ghosh she has not been very consistent but whenever she has batted you know she has shown that she can be the one for the future she's very young she's she recently turned 18 so you know she's uh, yeah she's not been consistent but then you would argue she's not been given a, a consistent run also so yeah tanya bhatia she was she had the concussion in the commonwealth games final and there were unfortunate but there were memes around it that uh, yastika bhatia was a sub and there were memes uh, or takes that you know that uh, at least now india have an extra batter in their side 
she couldn't do much. But, but there's, there's, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we obviously yeah. wish her well with the concussions and, and everything like that. And we take it at face value. But it's, it's happened yeah. It's happened on a couple of occasions, hasn't it, in big games where she's gone off with concussion. And it's not such a bad thing as long as her health is OK, mm. because then another batter yeah. comes into the side. And it had to be like for like. And the only problem was that, yeah, you might say extra batter, but the extra sub has to come in at the same position in the batting order that she was going to cut. And that was number 10. So yeah. it's not really, you know, when the game's <laughs> done and dusted like that, it's it's difficult to come mm. and make an impact at number 10. So rather than have that situation again, and, you know, not the concussion, but just the, the lack of extra batter there, it's, it's probably a good opportunity really to, to look at Risha Ghosh through an entire series because it's a bilateral series. It's not pressure. There's no knockouts. It's not a global tournament. Just this is the opportunity to look at new players, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, she's been, you know, uh, with Shafali Varma at the top of the order, Richa Ghosh at number six, five or six. She can be a very, um, she can be that firepower which India have lacked ever so often, especially with Kiran Navgiri now. Hopefully she gets a game. It'll be very interesting to see how she goes also. Indeed. We'll move on in just a second. Before we do, um, we just want to remind you that you can download the 99.94 app and it's more than just this podcast on our network, of course. Jared Kimber has got Red Inca and uh, also Double Century, which is a look at the history of the game and uh, there's England on 99.94, there's South Africa, there's West Indies, there's Sri Lanka now as well, which was launched on the day that Sri Lanka beat India in the Asia Cup as well. So lots to keep you busy on there. Uh, You can find us on your usual podcast apps on YouTube and via our own 99.94 app, where we'll be here several times a week, uh, me and uh, Sarah talking about India. And let's move on to the fielding. Because that's a massive issue. We talked about the bowling. They rely on the spinners. There's a couple of quicks coming through. And and we'll keep an eye on how all that goes. The fielding has got to be the biggest concern. Because A, the standards aren't great overall anyway from most of the squad, really, it has to be said. I mean, there's a couple in there who are decent. but And it's not through lack of effort. I mean, maybe they're just, you know, John T. Rhodes keeps applying to be India's uh, fielding coach for the men's side. Just accept the application, stick him with the women's side and and get him working on them as well because they need more help than than anybody really in, you know, that top level of women's cricket where you've got your Australias, your Indias, your Englands, your South Africas, your New Zealands, the West Indies, you know, the, these tops, top women's sides in the world. India are the worst by far in the field and it's cost them on a lot of occasions. We hark back to the previous tour of Australia where there's those crunch moments and they're dropping catches, they're missing run-out opportunities, they're giving twos when they should be giving one. In the crunch stages of matches, they just panic. So mentally, they need to be in a good space as well. They probably need Paddy Upton to come in as a a sports psychologist and tell them how to deal with those crunch moments and help them through that because that that seems to be a massive issue as well. And then the knock-on effect of that is that they're already not too good fielding turns into terrible fielding and they end up losing these crunch moments of matches. And, and it's so, so crucial um, in T20 I cricket, in all cricket now, to be 
on top of your game in the field at all times because it saves you runs. You can get the extra wickets. You can put pressure on at crunch times. You don't want to be dropping catches, obviously, at any point of the innings as well. It's a massive, massive issue, isn't it? The the fielding within the side. And that that's something that needs to be addressed going forward. And it's not just a simple case of let's just pick younger players because they'll be fitter. It's more than that, isn't it? Yeah. And first thing here is, I think more um, the mental fitness, obviously, you know, how to handle pressure. We've spoken a lot about uh, how the women's IPL potentially can help these players handle pressure and do well under pressure. Secondly, it's also uh, physical fitness. Um I am not very sure what the fit, uh, fitness regime is in the Indian team right now because the BCCI never keeps us updated and there's just never a lot of information on the women's team. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of onus on the individuals to yeah. do their own thing, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of individuals in the side. You know, we talked about the Harman Preet Kors, the Smithy Mandanas who, and, and Jamie Rodriguez and, you know, all these... Girls who play abroad as well, mm. who have picked up things from yeah. different professionals around the world, and, and they seem to take that side of it more seriously, whereas others don't. And I don't want to be disparaging here, but I'm going to say it anyway. When you've got Ramesh Bauer as, as your coach, as your head coach, I, I'm not sure fitness was ever top of his agenda. I'm not saying he was completely unfit, but obviously he's, he was, he's not exactly a physical specimen. He ran around, he tried his best, but... You know, it's, it's not at the top, you would imagine, of, of what he did when he was a player. Mm. So I wonder if he takes it as seriously as a coach. You know, you've got yeah. to ask the question. I mean, you've got to be honest about these things. And, you know, we're not saying that we're fitter than Ramesh Bauer or anything like that. But it's just as a professional sportsman or woman, you've got to be fit. And he clearly wasn't when he played for India. He probably could have played more if, if he'd worked on his fitness. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but whether or not he takes that as seriously as say, you know, when Kohli was in charge of the men's team and, and sort of everybody looked to mm. him as the inspiration and the leader. And I know he was the captain and not the coach, but the coach, coaching staff really that they had at the time, they had a fitness coach, they had a fielding coach, you know, all those kinds of things, strength and conditioning coaches. I don't know how much of that is in the women's setup at the moment. And again, we don't really get all that information and it seems to change from series to series and tournament to tournament. Uh, who's involved behind the scenes as well. So it needs to be looked into. And if the men can have 18 people traveling with them to work on all these types of things, why can't the women? Yeah. And um, I just remembered that interview by uh, Gemma Rodriguez had come, uh, like she was giving an interview, just a chat with Ashwin on his YouTube channel. And she was talking about, you know, how the players who have uh, played in these uh, leagues abroad, uh, they know, they have seen uh, foreign players, you know, probably uh, doing these drills outside and they know uh, what to do, how much to do, what not to do and just, you know, understanding their body better, which she said is something that they've learned while playing in England and in Australia. And it's something that... uh, in India, it probably has not happened till now. Like, this is what she said. Uh, the youngsters in India right now, they don't really have an idea about what works for their body, uh, which uh, 
which again like you know there, there needs to be these individual coaches also and the bcci has to take the step to educate these players about what works for them because probably there's just a guideline you do this and you do that but something might not work for one individual player so this was jemma rodrigues was very vocal about that um we have realized that one thing might work for one cricketer but it might not work for you uh which in mumbai like in the mumbai gyms and all she see not many people are aware of so again you know it's worth thinking that if uh, you want to be the best in the world the bcci in so many levels has been lacking and yet despite that these women cricketers have been doing so well consistently so yeah just again you know just taking the basic initiative by the bcci that's all that's needed but somehow they're not very interested in that also so it's like when you watch uh, uh, the mitali raj biopic Uh, I don't know if you've you, have you seen I'm it yet. I've not yet seen it. No. Okay. Well, there, there's obviously you know they they focus on a lot of the challenges that not just Mitali but just Indian women's cricket had when she first came onto the scene and started training um, with the the national side and all those types of things. And even when they met the BCCI, they stated their case for just they just wanted money to be mm. able to do basic things. They just wanted proper kit and. all that kind of stuff proper training facilities they they weren't asking to be paid on the same level as the men's players or anything like that at that particular time um and it doesn't seem as though much has changed really i mean they say all the right things the bcci and who knows if the women's ipl is even going to happen i mean you know we're told it is but until it's actually yeah. we get a schedule and you know franchises are there to be seen and players are being signed and all those types of things we'll we'll take that with a pinch of salt as well even if that happens though just the national team it's it's not quite as bad as it was then but it mm. should have moved on a lot more because right back then they were getting like hand me down odi shirts from the men's team yeah with the men's names still on the back and they have to rip you know get the names off peel them off and put their own, own names on and they're not suited to a woman's body they're all men sizes and you know it, it was to that extent where all right if you want us to give you more help with kits and stuff here you go and it's just basically like match worn kits from you know three series ago from the men's side and it has moved on from that but you know they just don't seem to care enough about yeah. all these types of things like fitness and fielding and you, you talk about going abroad and looking at what australians and english people do in terms of their fitness these these women cricketers from around the world that that's like a throwback to like colonial times almost with the men like oh let's see what the gore do in their their countries they must be doing it right the men's team don't need to do that they they i mean it started with the dhoni era really mm. of you know fitness and you know taking all that side of the game seriously and then kohli took it to a new level you've just got to look around indian men's domestic cricket and just domestic sport as well forget cricket you just look around men's sport in india and the infrastructure is a lot better isn't it across all men's sport really particularly cricket in terms of all that they don't need to look to australia or Eng- england and australia need to mm-hmm. look to what the hell does virat kohli and you know, what what do those indian boys do because you know even i know it's not just a, all about how you look 
because you know some of the female cricketers look in very good shape to the naked eye and they look like athletes uh but you know you, you see Virat Kohli the way he trains Kale Rahul all these guys Bumrah I mean you know I don't want to be superficial about it but they've taken pictures with their tops off when they've been in the West Indies and stuff and they've all got six packs yeah. and muscles and zero body fat and all these types of you go back to Indian men's sides of the past and they've all got beer bellies so it's it's changed dramatically yeah. and it's not just about the physical look but it's also about the actual mental side of it the fitness that suits each individual and that's easy to do that is easy to do because you're right it's it's almost a case of run three laps do some mm. press ups do some sit ups you know do some catching and you know a few dives in the slips or whatever if you're one of the slip catchers and that's it but that doesn't suit everyone or yeah. go and bowl for three hours in the nets. Well, some also bowlers work, yeah. might not, that mm. might not suit their body. Some bowlers need mm. to bowl three hours in the nets to keep their rhythm. Other bowlers need an appropriate amount of rest. So you need individual plans tailored to all these players. And it doesn't seem as though it's happening in the women's game. And I, I don't know why not, because the BCCI is, is up there with the very best in the world in doing it in men's cricket. Why can't they do it in women's cricket? The simple answer is they they don't care enough. Yeah, you are in the middle. I was just thinking you're talking so much about fitness and the BCCI should do this and that for the women's team. It just took my mind back to the time when you know the women's team were not even paid for. Uh, that uh, there was this article by Izzy um, in the Telegraph, I think, where the women yeah. players were not paid uh, for more than a year or something. Yeah, after the T20 World Cup final uh, in 2020. So, you know, for, forget fitness, forget having coaches and forget all these. Those are big things comparatively. You know, if the women's team are not paid their basic, you know, it's their right. They're not paid that for almost a year. Then, you know, it's just at the very grassroots level, like something is totally messed up. It's just... And who knows if that article had not come out, they would not have been paid for a longer time and uh, you we would never have known about it also. So it's just, you know, just the fitness and all. Yeah, you have a great point, but it's just, you know, the basics. And this was just one, one and a half years ago, not too long ago. Yep. Also in the early 2000s that we are like a lot has changed. So it's yeah, you know, Izzy just, Westbury, yeah. um, he's a colleague of mine at the, or was a colleague of mine at the BBC and at SEN as well on commentary, and she's she's temporary. Mm. I don't know if it's temporarily or permanently, but she's she's left the world of cricket for a little while. She's she's a lawyer, so she's she's doing all that mm. stuff. But you know, you're right. If that article hadn't have come out, who mm. knows? Because it created a, a massive you know storm, really with regards to what was going mm -hmm. on in Indian women's cricket. And it was being highlighted in England, which mm -hmm. the BCCI don't mind if they're getting stick domestically from Indians in India and the rest of the world isn't talking about it. But it's slightly embarrassing when you're meant to be the world's most powerful and, and richest cricket board and have been for quite some time and you're not paying your players. Yeah, I have just one incident. Like um, there are a few journalists who have inside uh, sources with the BCCI and they are the first ones, you know, to leak, to not leak out, to, you know, report the news with sources marked in them. So um, 
during uh, a few years ago i had written this uh, like there was things that bcci are not very interested in having the women's ipl because they are not very uh, because the results are not going in their favor and india had just lost to south africa uh, this was in 2021 when you know after one year they came back and they were playing so there were a f- so i had written some tweet that you know what's wrong with the bcci or something and this one journalist was very close like he he interviews our gangli and all very often so he was the one who commented on my tweet saying that can you name 15 top players from india uh so you know it just became a he's kind of uh, echoing what the bcci felt at that time india had just reached the t20 world cup final a few months ago and he is commenting on my status saying can you name uh, 15 top women players from india and that was just you know like these are the kind of state of journalists in india yeah you're right people yeah. like that probably couldn't even name 15 women's yeah. cricketers from around the world because they yeah. don't like women's cricket they're against it they don't care they don't watch it they never will that doesn't mean there's no merit in it because mm. you use the word journalist sara that's yeah. quite kind of you as well because <laughs> they they're not journalists mm. I don't care if you you know have drinks with Ganguly every day it doesn't make you a journalist he there's a reason that Saurabh Ganguly when he was Indian captain for example fantastic captain I love the guy he's etched in Indian cricket history forever because of what he did as a captain as a batter wonderful player wonderful captain great ambassador for for India at that time as well in just you know standing toe to toe with with people from around the world and other you know captains taking on the Aussies you know like for like you know pissing steve war off as well at the toss and all that kind of stuff. I love all that but ganguly's a politician mm-hmm. at the end of the day and obviously yeah. he's in the role now as bcci president and many would argue who's really running the bcci is it him or is it someone else you know we don't need to go down that route but when ganguly was indian captain he knew who to keep close to him and basically i i've been told this on numerous occasions by bbc colleagues who used to go out to india to cover series they they've been out to pakistan to cover india's tour there and all that kind of stuff when ganguly was captain and he would do the press conference the day before the test match and you know people would be asking about team combinations and all that and he'd just give the usual answers yeah we'll look into it we'll see what the pitch is like and all that then as soon as the press conference was over he'd call every single kolkata journalist mm. to one side take them into a room this is my team for tomorrow so yeah. he knew who to keep sweet and who not to and all that and sometimes it's these so-called journalists who a have got maybe a bit of power and influence i don't know why because i i don't care what half of them think they just shout most of the time on these news channels over there and whatever and it's it's just you know the same they're not really coming out with news lines most of the time it's just gossip and all that rubbish so i've got little respect but for some reason they're popular they've got influence i suppose with their own tv channels and all this kind of stuff and keeping people sweet so yeah. you know don't be fooled indian yeah. cricket watching public by the fact that so and so speaks yeah. to all these players often and or ex players and this one knows this one and this one was seen in a selfie on instagram with this guy who cares who yeah. cares at the end of the day 
<laughs> you've got to judge them on their journalism. And, you know, to, to make comments like that about women's cricket as well in the 21st century, for a start, you know, that's that's sexist, that's, you know, you, mm. you discriminate against half of the world's population when you make comments like that. And it's just so unhelpful to people yeah. from your own nation as yeah. well when you're talking about women's IPL. These are Indian yeah. women who you want to do well, who have worked their asses off to get in the position they are. They don't get paid anywhere near as much as uh, female players from other countries. When you've got the richest cricket board in the world, when they're making World Cup finals consistently and doing the country proud with little backing from the cricket board, um, I'm sorry, uh, there's so much. Yeah. I mean, look, I know we yeah, touched yeah, yeah. on Indian cricket no, journalists just one. Oh, um, yeah. in the first episode yeah. with Jared. But it just pisses me off uh, yeah. the, the way some some of these guys go about it. Yeah, just one uh, one point to add to this is just you know uh, these Indian. Uh, so this news which we were talking about Izzy's um, uh, her um, article which she had written. So it needed someone in England to bring this topic out because journalists in India who have that sort of information uh, and that sort of you know. Uh, power so to say uh don't really care it's about that like they don't want to report on these issues because they are not world class players according to them they are not world class players so you know it's not worth reporting this also they are paid not paid they don't really care so uh it's just you know it needed someone in england to bring this whole topic out which uh again highlights the way sad state of affairs or in journalism in india and also i'm one other like unrelated point i'm not sure how many people know this but saurav gangli in a bengali chat show a few years ago had said that uh, someone the anchor asked him what would you do if um, your daughter sana gangli wanted to uh, play cricket and he said i would tell her women don't play cricket so this was in a Bengali chat show a few years ago, and it's like Shahid Afridi, isn't it? Yeah, doesn't yeah. want his kids, to, daughters, yeah. to play sport. That's different. He's still the BCCI president. I, I don't think he was a BCCI president then, but you know, it uh, speaks so, so much. the attitude, and, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So and that, to be that, honest, that, that's a shit attitude. That, that's to be being reflected well, so. in how um, women's uh, women's cricket is being handled. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I've got a daughter as well who's eight mm. and, you know, getting her into cricket and she watches women's cricket, men's cricket. You know, she's just starting to understand it at the moment, early days. But I've taken her to the commentary box and she's met Ebony Rainford-Brent, who won two World Cups with England. She's met Isha Guha. You know, I'm lucky that I work with these people who, who are just legends. And and it's I think it's great, you know, just... Imagine the kind of inspiration you get mm. from these people, not just as the cricketers even, but just what they're doing in the broadcasting world and people like yourselves being, you know, role models for for younger girls as well. It's it's fantastic and, and those outdated attitudes need to stop. And, and look, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I, I like women's cricket, well, good, keep keep following women's cricket, keep supporting women's cricket, keep being vocal about the fact that India needs to do more for its women's cricketers um, because there's so much talent there. The money's clearly there. The infrastructure is is rubbish at the moment and it needs to improve in all facets, really. So we hope that is the case, but keep fighting uh, for Indian women's cricket uh, going forward as well. And, and we look forward to that T20 series as well with England 
As I say, we don't know as of yet if it's going to go ahead on time after the death uh, of Queen Elizabeth II. So we'll keep an eye on that. But at some stage, the, the series will go ahead, T20Is, and then the ODIs as well to follow, which will see the return of Julian Goswami, which we'll, we'll delve into a little bit more uh, in future episodes as well, just to talk about her as a, a servant for Indian cricket. Right, we're almost out of time, but we can't go mm. without talking <laughs> about the king. the king, not King Charles III. King. But King Coley, <laughs> yeah. the king is back. It was trending on Twitter yesterday. Queen Elizabeth II dies, age 96. And below that, the king is back. Yeah, And it's not King Charles, it's King Coley, of course. And what a knock. I don't care if it's Afghanistan, if it's, you know, outer Mongolia. At the end of the day, it's a T20 international 100. And it's against the same Afghanistan bowling attack, by the way, that nearly bowled out Pakistan the night before and nearly um, embarrassed them just down the road in Sharjah as well. So, you know, Rashid Khan, uh, as well as the spearhead of of that bowling attack, Mujib, you know, Faruqi, and, and these, they, they did so well the other night. They've got a lot of talent. But when Kohli's in that kind of mood, this is like 2016 GOAT T20 Kohli, isn't it? Yeah, and no, the best thing is no one expected the 71st to come in a T20. Even he didn't expect it. He was like Test or ODI. And when he was in his 50s, 60s, so uh, I I was in Delhi uh, for the last week and I came back yesterday, a little exhausted, long journey. And I was like, I won't really see the match, the toss, Roy Sharma, not playing, KL Rahul, captaining not a big fan of KL Rahul the captain I was like yeah India will win boring dead rubber uh the TV was on Kohli was 50s 60s I was like yeah he'll get out like it's always been the case he's 50s 60s and then he gets out closing on to 80 there was this one British colleague of mine in Wisden and he was like I'm good at jinxing people I jinx that he's out in it uh in the 80s and I and we all of us Indians were like don't say that, don't say that. And then, you know, that just that 100, like that 4 and a 6 to get to the 100. And it was just, it was a, just, I screamed and there was just goosebumps. There were firecrackers here. There were videos of uh, people in hostels. Like it was just celebration. I was, I just recently saw a tweet which said that, you know, they were distributing sweets in the hostel yesterday night. So a mail went to everyone that we are distributing sweets. Please come uh, around 11 p.m. at night and collect it. So, you know, just that festive atmosphere and everyone was happy to see Kohli score that 100. Like, what was your first reaction? Because I was just screaming and just. Yeah. When he was on 69 or 45, I think, I was, I was thinking at that stage, just a couple of balls before that, his strike rate was slowing up quite a bit. Yeah. But then he hit a couple of boundaries and he was 69 off, I think, 44 or 45 balls. And I saw, what was it, about three and a half overs left, something like that. I said, this is it. He's, he's on now. He just looked like, right, this is it. I need to, you know, up my scoring now. Back end of the innings, obviously, but you could tell he was thinking of that 100 at that stage when he was late 60s. He knew he's got enough time to do it. He's, he's you know, he's batting well. He's hitting the ball well. He's finding the gaps mm-hmm. crucially as well. Everything's coming off. And 
it was such a delight to watch that innings. Just the fact that we've been saying, yeah, he's been hitting the ball quite well, but he's mm. been hitting it to fielders. Yesterday, everything, the wrists, the, when he was driving, just that wrist work at the last moment to find the gaps, the move over to the offside and the flick to leg and just some trademark shots. The, the, he loves it in T20, the cross bat sort of slog over to Cow Corner almost, which he makes look more elegant than I make sound. But that sort of trademark T20 Virat Kohli cross bat smack for six was mm. back and it was back consistently yesterday and amazing amazing stuff yeah. and I sat my daughter down after school to say <laughs> watch this because I've been telling her for two years since she started to sort of play cricket and get into it that this guy is like some god and she's never seen him score a <laughs> hundred um she's obviously been alive for the hundreds but she didn't used to watch any kind of cricket so we even I even took her to Trent Bridge to see England against India, and I think he hit the six, the four, and then he got out on the third ball. So she's just like, who is this guy? Why, why do you keep going on yeah. about him? And then all of a sudden you get to watch an innings like that, and it was just unbelievable, fantastic. The reaction, the smile on his face, the relief, the hug to Rishabh Pant, the kiss of his wedding ring, the words afterwards with the tribute to Anushka and his daughter as well, and... Yeah. It was just that perfect, was, really. Yeah. It was just there perfect. There was that image of, you know, when Kohli celebrating, there was that elderly supporter in the background. Sardaji, you yeah. Know, yeah, he was, you know, just saluting Kohli for not Bowing only yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, not only yesterday's knock, but, you know, for everything which he's done and he's deserved it. And I think that was all of us yesterday. It's just, you know, just... I don't think any other cricketer scoring 100 after so long has been such a long wait. Nothing would have made us as happy. The Asia Cup uh, performance, yeah, it was, it's terrible. But after yesterday, just, you know, you're like, okay, Kohli is back. Asia Cup, yeah, not the best Whatever. tournament. But Kohli is back. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Whatever. Would you, Quick yeah. question. Would you, at the start of the Asia Cup, somebody told you that India would be knocked out of the stage they were. They'd beat Pakistan once. They'd lose to Pakistan once but they'd be out in the Super 4s. However, Kohli would get 122 not out of 61 balls in the final group game and hitting the ball as well as he ever has. Would you have taken that? In hindsight, that would have seemed a dream at the start. You know, if someone tells me a month ago, Kohli's scoring 100, but India's knocked out. Not in the World Cup. I wouldn't have exchanged, like made that trade in the World Cup. But Asia Cup, yeah, with the World Cup ahead, perfect timing for him to, you know, sort of get back into rhythm. Not saying he's there yet. There's so much more to come from him. And just going forward, there's there are going to be no more predictions from my side. Maybe I reverse jinx the all my predictions have, you know, Kohli shouldn't be in the T20I team. And here, here he is scoring 100. Probably I reverse jinx everything. So... Well, you said that. <laughs> I kind of agreed with you at the start that... Yeah. Maybe he's not the best guy to be. But if he is, and I've always said this, look, I don't think they've got the, the guts to put Rishabh Pant at the top of the order. Mm. He's just not in good form at the moment in this format of the game. So they're not going to put him at, at the top of the order. So if Kohli plays, I've always said, I've said this for years since 2016, 
since he had that sort of brilliant year in the IPL, opening the innings for RCB and scoring hundreds, he needs to open in T20Is. But they've persisted with Kale Rahul just time and time again. And Kale's done okay at international T20 level. But if you've got Rohit and Kohli there, I'm sorry, but Kale doesn't make your top two. He might not make the side. Mm. Simple as that. Yesterday, I don't know if you heard the press conference where someone asked uh, Kale Rahul uh, uh, whether Kohli should open. And his response was, do you want me to sit out? So, uh, not the best comment coming from a captain, you'd say he was leading yesterday. Um, in the past, you know, Kohli has even sacrificed his number three position for uh, KL Rahul in ODIs, you know, to just get that rhythm and all. So, that wasn't the best comment from KL Rahul, you would say. Uh, and again, not really biggest fan of KL Rahul, just his overall, you know, persona in T20Is and... I it's just you know not a comment that sat very well with me. I think it comes down to does Kohli want to open, but I don't think he's got kind of the same sway as Sachin had when Sachin was playing. You know, we we compare the two, and we're not comparing them as batters, but just in terms of just being the greatest of their generation, Sachin had the power wherever Sachin wanted to bat, he batted. Yeah, it didn't matter. He used to go out to bat with Ganguly. Ganguly was the captain. They were both opening in ODIs and. You know, Ganguly would have had the conversation the the night before, maybe, of who's going to face the first ball. And they used to swap, time, you know, sometimes. And generally, Ganguly would always have to take the first ball because sometimes they wouldn't decide. They'd go out to the middle and they'd be sort of looking at the pitch and deciding which end to go to. And Ganguly would ask the question always to Sachin, you want to face? And yeah. Sachin would just turn. He wouldn't say anything, just go to the non-strikers and <laughs> ignore him. And sometimes Ganguly would, they would have decided the night before that Sachin said, all right, I'm going to face. And Sachin just didn't fancy it on the day. So he would just walk to the non-strikers and stand there. And that's it, just wouldn't say a word, wouldn't look at Ganguly. So he had that kind of power where mm. even when he's opening, he decides, you know, against his captain if he wants to face or not. He decides if he wants to open or not. I mean, there was a brief period where Sachin was coming in at four in ODIs and maybe that was a sort of group decision that was made. But generally, he batted where he wants to bat. Kohli seems to me not to be in that kind of same diva category, you could call it, or god-like category yeah. where he can just do what he wants. So maybe he it's not just Kohli decision, but... I think if he really wants to open and he makes that case to Rohit and, and to Raul Dravid, then he can open. And I think he should because he needs to bat in yeah. the power play and, and that's but the best position for the him. Vice captain. They're not dropping the vice captain. No matter what happens, he is their future captain. Vi- we, vice we don't captain like Hardik Pandya, it should be. Yeah, But we'll come we... on to that in, in future episodes, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but listen, that's that's all we've got time for. Um, obviously, it's, it's been a disappointing Asia Cup, but great to see Kohli back in the runs. And uh, do join us for more on the women's series as well, the T20Is between England and India, followed by the ODIs. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening this week. Uh, do join us once again. Remember to download the 99.94 app. Contact us on social media if you've got any questions for us at Nikesh Rugani at Swaris 16 Thanks very much and see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of cricket audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 